Hello everybody, welcome to uh, episode something of Adam in Audio, the name I am for some reason persisting with. Uh, yeah, so it's been a while, a couple of weeks, three weeks maybe, since I last posted an episode because I've been on a much undeserved holiday and... I figured, ah, what's the point in, you know, putting in overtime effort? Who does that? Chumps, that's who. Um, so yeah, taking a couple of weeks of a rest from this, because it's clearly so much effort. Uh, and it's been a bit weird, because I've been a bit dislocated from football. been able to watch uh, the games completely legally, obviously, or been able to watch some games completely legally obviously uh i went to see a spanish segunda division game i went to see atletico madrid b play club marino de Luanco, which is the name of the local team to where i was staying uh shock horror sort of lower league spanish football when you've got the capabilities to field a team of dynamic midfield runners like Torreira, Guendouzi, uh, Willock, Ceballos, you are, or at least I am increasingly looking at Granit Xhaka and thinking, what exactly do you offer to the team that these other players can't bring? I mean, I would say... Uh, if I'm being charitable, his long-range passing is very good. But if you're playing a team with David Luiz, who can uh, bring the ball from the back and sort of spray those long passes, uh, I don't really know why you're playing someone as immobile as Granite Xhaka in the centre of midfield. Certainly, certainly away at Liverpool. Uh, it's it's just a little bit a little bit perplexing in my opinion um, so yeah that's the Liverpool game covered uh, yeah sorry one, one last thing on Xhaka uh, I tweeted it but I think it's quite a nice phrase anyway I think he's an analogue player in a digital league hmm. hashtag philosophy put that in an Instagram post of a sunset and a chai latte or some overnight oats with quinoa and you'll get at least two likes and one of them will be from me so I guess you'll get at least one like um, yeah so uh, I, I put out a tweet sort of asking for questions uh, for this episode um, so I'll go through them not really sure how long I've been recording for at this point probably too long the answer is always too long with me isn't it um so yeah i'll go through the questions then i'll touch a little bit upon my opinions on the north london derby etc and so on um so yeah uh first question is from the miles offside podcast uh, a far superior podcast to my own if you can call this a podcast because i think that would be insulting the medium um because i actually edit and do stuff uh, and research and know things, like unlike me. Um, so yeah, 
the account asks, now I don't know which of the hosts it is asking, I would guess Oscar because he's a Chelsea fan, uh, do you think Liverpool or Arsenal will end their top flight title drought first? I think that is an easy question to answer. Neither, as we all know, Manchester City will win every Premier League title from now until the end of time or until Leicester hire Claudio Ranieri again and a rip in the space-time continuum happens. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you'd have to say Liverpool. I can't see Arsenal winning any trophies, really, unless they decide to commit to a cup run, which would be stupid given Champions League is all we're after at the moment. Top four is all we need, please. Uh, ah, speaking of Oscar, uh, footy, at footy from afar is his handle on Twitter. So he's asked two questions. Uh, firstly, given that Arsenal are crap this year... Are you worried about top four? Um, I think this is in reference to a little bet me and Oscar made uh, that... I can't remember the specifics. I think if Arsenal finish above Chelsea, he has to change his profile picture to him wearing an Arsenal shirt. And if Chelsea finish above Arsenal, I have to change my profile picture to me wearing a Chelsea shirt. Uh, Am I worried about top four? No. I'm not really, but like I've said many times before, that is mainly because I just think the competitors, uh, mainly Man United and Chelsea, but also Tottenham are looking pretty bad. Um, So yeah, I think we will get there by virtue of others' failings rather than necessarily our own sort of meteoric rise to a deserving Champions League team. Uh, Oscar's second question is how does it feel to be 11th on expected points below Brighton, Burnley and Southampton, Chelsea and Tottenham, despite two of your three matches being against Burnley and Newcastle? Uh, My argument would be we are above all of those teams on actual points and unless I have missed something recently, the final Premier League table is judged on actual points, not expected points. So that would be my retort. And his third question is actually just an emoji of a middle finger. So it's not even really a question. Um, so joke's on you there, Oscar. Failed to meet the criteria. Um, next, we have a couple from uh, at FPL Footy Show Pod, formerly FPL Gym. Another great podcast. I would definitely recommend following the account and giving their podcast a listen. Uh, how would Arsenal need to set up in order for Kane to be most effective? Uh, well, given he obviously plays as a defensive midfielder, um, I suppose we would need to not play any midfielders. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I guess. For Kane to be most effective, we would probably have to try and sit back. Because um, what he... I suppose what he likes to do is drop a little bit deep, or certainly in lieu of Ericsson, is drop a little bit deeper to try and act as more of a number 10 creative type of player. Um, uh, and with that weight more on him, I suppose what we would have to do is play Xhaka, uh, play a three in midfield um, of perhaps Willock and Gwendouzi, who are less 
positionally disciplined in their pressing, which would give Kane more of a free role. I suppose that would be the midfield three that would allow Kane to be most effective. Or, I mean, let's be honest, the real way for Kane to be most effective is to play Mustafi and just let him sort of give away a penalty like he did at Wyatt Lane last season. Despite the fact that Kane was offside, that penalty still infuriates me. It was a idiotic decision from an idiotic man and that is coming from an idiotic man who has made many an idiotic decision um and the second question is given your impressive home record versus spurs how do i see the game going um how do i see the game going i'll touch upon that later yeah i'll touch upon that later he asks for the scoreline et al um yeah, I'll touch upon that later. Uh, Ian Stimson, at Ian Stimson, super producer of the aforementioned Miles Offside podcast, asks, what happens when the irresistible force of Kane meets the immovable object of the Arsenal defence? With tongue firmly in cheek and knowing Ian, some cured meat or alcoholic beverage of some kind. Um, what happens? Kane will almost definitely score. Uh, he has an amazing record, not only in London derbies but against Arsenal. I think Arsenal are probably, I think they're the team he has scored the second most goals against in his Premier League career, if I'm not much mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, um, so yeah, he will. I, in fact, I'll put a bet on it. Kane will score almost definitely. Um, he'll probably dive for a free kick that will annoy me. Um, and that VAR will award, so technically I won't be able to complain about it because I've kind of been one of those people who's been sticking up for VAR, um, and I'll have to sort of stew in my annoyance and tweet some subtweety things and be very, very passive-aggressive towards my own opinions in some sort of weird existential crisis. Uh, next question, Dave Coles. Uh, at Dave underscore Coles asks sorry if this is too late it's not too late Dave don't worry about it um, he says I think most people would agree that the white half of North London has had more success over the past three years when do you think the pendulum will swing back the other way has it already um, define success in terms of trophies one would say that's not necessarily true but yes I think you could easily agree that Tottenham have been the uh, the uh, I don't want to say better I really don't want to say better they have finished above Arsenal they have qualified for the Champions League and reached further stages of that competition than Arsenal have um, they have probably finished above Arsenal on a number of metrics uh, that I cannot be bothered to go into because they would depress me. Um, when do I think the pendulum will swing back the other way? Uh, I think soon, hopefully. Obviously, as a fan of Arsenal, I think Tottenham missed a real opportunity to refresh their defence in particular over the summer. I think they had a chance to... Uh, and they did bolster well in the summer. Let's not let's not uh, overlook the fact that and Dombele and Lo Celso and Sessegnon are three extremely talented young players 
Um, but it feels like Pochettino wanted more, and he cuts a very exasperated figure uh, at the moment. And uh, there's been talk of, um, at least according to the independent people behind the scenes, not so happy with how he's conducting himself and his methods perhaps aren't as effective as they were when he first arrived. So, uh, like the finishing in the top four, the pendulum swinging back may well happen because uh, because Tottenham not capitulate but uh, fall from from their previous lofty positions. I would say. Uh, last question before I give a little bit of my prediction for the North London derby uh, comes from Brian at Blades Attack and he asks who is your FPL avocado you know that really trendy thing that all the kids seem to love but gives you the boak don't know what that means it might be a expression I've never heard of so who is the fantasy player uh, a lot of people like but I don't really get um, Sabios from a fantasy perspective I'm not really sure about I mean both of his assists uh, that have come so far were more down to the good work of the striker who scored the goals than his sort of creative genius I would say despite the fact I think he's a good player I'm not saying he's a bad player I just don't think he's a great fantasy football asset um, when people were buying in Dombele before he got injured that confused me a lot because uh, he's a defensive midfielder who really doesn't have a history of scoring goals but scored one goal and so a lot of people got excited about him uh, yeah I guess those would be my two FPL avocados FPL avocado is almost certainly a Twitter account uh, who's gotten some free publicity because normally obviously everyone pays me for my publicity can you not tell the effort I put into these I'm clearly financed by some big money backers um yeah, so so prediction time. Um, as FPL Gym, FPL Footy Show Pod requested, what are my feelings ahead of the North London derby? Um, how would I line up? Let's start with that. How would I line up? I would line up, I'd go back to a 4-3-3. I would start a midfield of Torreira, Guendouzi and Ceballos. Um, even though I tweeted it differently, what I would do is I would play Guendouzi as the deepest of the three, uh, and Torreira on the right, Sabios on the left. Um, mainly because I think Guendouzi is really, really good at picking the ball off the defence, um, and any opportunity for him to stand closer to David Luiz so he can have more of those hilarious jokes about them looking alike uh, is always welcomed. Um, and also Torreira on the right of a three performed very well there against Tottenham last season um, and yeah I just think that's just so dynamic I don't think um, I think Winks struggled against uh, I think Winks struggled against whoever he played against uh, what, am I, what am I actually talking about 
Newcastle. God, that's who. I didn't think Winks played very well against Newcastle. God. God, I'm bloody stupid. Uh, that was the most Australian I've ever sounded. God, I'm bloody stupid. Ironically, I am actually currently wearing an Australian rugby shirt. So, that's clearly why I said that. Um, yeah, I didn't think Harry Winks played very well against Newcastle. I think that intense press of that midfield three will harangue and Harry... Harry, both Harrys, Harry Kane, will give him less time in those deeper positions which he does uh, sort of drop into. Um, so yeah, that'll be my midfield three. The back line pretty much picks itself. Uh, Maitland-Niles, Luis, Socrates. I guess you could say Monreal maybe because he hasn't moved on just yet could start. Um, in fact, he played very well in a back four there last season against Tottenham. So either him or Kolasinac. I'd prefer Monreal just for that defensive solidity given uh, I would play Aubameyang ahead of him on the left wing. I think that defensive solidity will be needed. But then again, much like against Liverpool, I wouldn't be adverse to Kolasinac starting so he can be used as sort of a wide target man if we need to beat the press uh, to distribute from deep. Um... And then, yeah, front three of Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang has the potential to be one of the most dangerous in the league. And I think if you are putting out anything less than your most dangerous attack at home against your rival, you are sort of seeding ground before the game has even begun, which is, A, not the thing you want to do after an embarrassing defeat away at Liverpool, and B is not the kind of mentality you want to project to the players or the fans ahead of a really, really important North London derby. Um, so yeah, that's the lineup. Um, how do I think it will go? Um, it's difficult with that lineup. I'd be, I'd be pretty confident that Arsenal would win, and I very rarely go into North London derbies feeling confident because. Uh, I have crippling self-doubt in all aspects of my life, really. But also because Arsenal have let me down so many times before. Um, Psychology Corner with Adam. Um, Yeah, because Tottenham are not really playing too well at the moment. I don't think Arsenal are necessarily playing well either. But I guess you could say losing away at Anfield is more excusable than losing uh, against Newcastle. And not really creating much. I don't think Tottenham have a particularly high XG at the moment. Yeah, so they they managed to score two goals against Man City, but I think that they had an XG of 0.07. Uh, they were extremely lucky in that game. Like I said, they lost at home to Newcastle uh, and they sort of allowed Villa to create they didn't allow them to create a chance, it was a good goal on the break um, but they haven't really looked good without Christian Eriksen on the pitch and even then uh, they have still struggled at times so yeah, I think their their issues are what give me more confidence rather than Arsenal's form which is a common theme really the fact that I have little confidence in, not that I have little confidence in Arsenal, but the fact that they are struggling is what 
gives me hope, gives me more confidence. Um, yeah, I think I think that attacking lineup is going to be. There's going to be a lot of goals. Let's put it that way because Arsenal can't defend, um, and Arsenal's lack of defending should allow even Tottenham's lacklustre uh, sort of creative performances thus far. Yeah, even though they've been lacklustre, Arsenal's defensive issues should encourage them. Uh, Harry Kane will get a lot of shots off. If you think Arsenal have been allowing shots in previous games, Harry Kane, I would... Here's a random prediction. I I think Harry Kane alone will have more than eight shots. I'm not sure if you can bet on that, but I think that will happen. I think Aaron Kane will probably score. Um, prediction in terms of scoreline overall, I am going to say Arsenal 3, Tottenham 1. I think Arsenal will score three goals. I think Arsenal should score three goals if they go with the attacking trio that I mentioned earlier, and Dombele being out, uh, Eric Dyer potentially playing, um, Sissoko possibly being in at right back, because Kyle Walker-Peters might be injured, I'm not too sure. That should encourage Arsenal, and I think that should give Emery the encouragement he needs to put out the most attacking lineup he can. Um, oh, I guess I should probably touch on my uh, fancy football team, shouldn't I? crap uh how am i doing so far i think i'm like 1.3 million overall rank which is pretty terrible i'm almost definitely going to wild card in the international break uh sorry this is kind of slapped on at the end but i don't want to run on too long um so yeah my one free transfer ironically is i've moved Aubameyang to pookie i did that uh sunday evening i think before pookie's last couple of price rises um so i'm looking at Heaton in goal, Kyle Walker-Peters if he plays, if not I've got Dunk coming off the bench, hooray Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk away at Burnley, I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet but I mean you can't bench Liverpool defenders Luca Dean after his amazing free kick in the Carabao Cup uh, confident fielding him at home to Wolves, the armband is on Raheem Sterling at home to Brighton that could be a cricket score then I've got Lanzini Trossard, Perez and De Bruyne making up the rest of my midfield and the aforementioned Pookie sitting pretty up top pretty Pookie um, so yeah that's my fancy football team that's my prediction for the North London derby that is all of your question answers a disappointing lack of random nonsense questions I feel like I've been far too uh, far too given my history focused on actual football not enough tangents. Hashtag bring back the tangents. So next week, uh, especially God, especially if Arsenal lose, I'm going to need an entire tangent pod. I don't want to talk about football at all if that happens. God. Um, oh, that's really depressed me now. I've never had to like actually do content when Arsenal lose a North London derby. Oh, that'll be miserable. Oh, and then having to listen to all the podcasts as well. That's the worst part, isn't it? 
any sort of fan, fancy football and podcast addicts like myself know that almost as bad as watching your team lose is having to relive that in your subscription feed for sort of quint easily quintuple the amount of time you actually watch the game. It's really, really bad. I hate it. God, that sucks. Um, yeah, anyway. So on that typically cheery note, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please share, subscribe, review, follow me on Twitter at 35who. Um, drop me a DM with your, if you have a pun, fantasy football team name and would like to join my There Can Only Be Pun Fantasy Football League in a search to find the funniest, best team name and FBL player combo, I guess. Uh, I'm not last anymore, that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, follow me on Twitter at 35who, subscribe, rate, review, uh, check out all the people who were kind enough to send in questions, because they are realistically the only people listening um and yeah cheers bye bye